Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. Uh, I've noticed that uh, in the last couple, I think, couple years that doing the show, uh, I've never really introduced my name, and I'm sure 99% of you probably know my name already. I'm all over Facebook and whatnot, but uh, I figured, you know, after I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of people always introduce themselves, so I should probably start doing that. So if you are like the 1% that did not know my name because I never introduced myself, uh, my name is Dave. Uh, I am the host of Small Counts Radio, usually. Uh, sometimes I got things coming up and my co-hosts are amazing at being able to fill in for me. Um, but with that said, I also want to start uh, introducing my co-host right away as well, rather than kind of after the fact, uh, right before jumping into the topic. So tonight with me, or today, it, it, we were planning on doing it last night, but some stuff came up. Uh, I have with me my co-host, Spencer. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. So if you haven't seen the title... Uh, we're going to be talking about the new quarter one uh, updates. And uh, from what we can tell from what they had mentioned, this isn't uh, all of it, and it sounds like there's still a hefty amount. Um, but we want to kind of get a jump on it because, uh, as we know, if there's a ton of stuff, our episodes end up being like two hours long. And sometimes that's okay because we have a lot of listeners that like the longer episodes. But we're going to try to – find a middle ground where we have uh, some episodes that are like an hour and some other two hours or hour and a half and so on to kind of please a little bit of everyone. So um, we know if we let all of these reveals and leaks back up that uh, it's really going to extend the show quite a bit. So just trying to get a beat on it. Not only that, but a lot of times, uh, you know, if we're waiting for all the reveals to happen, uh, a lot of the first reveals end up being, you know, kind of old news. So um, today we will be talking about, uh, again, like I said, the quarter one uh, updates, which was one of every uh, unit for every faction but Greyjoys. And then we're going to be re- uh, discussing the two leaks, which, uh, coincident, uh, you know, coincidence that it one of the two leaks is a Greyjoy unit. So uh, no matter what faction you play, there's a little bit in here for you. Um, so... Um, one other thing I did want to mention, I'm going to try to be better at um, putting the call-in number in all of the links that I send out for the show. Um, that way, if you guys are looking to call in uh, and not try to go through PC or whatever, or don't want to you know, try to uh, do some investigating trying to find that phone number, it'll be right in the link of everything that I send out, whether it be on the Discord, on our Facebook page, or on any of the group uh, Ice and Fire pages. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It is towards the bottom, so if there's a bunch of text, you might have to click the See More tab to see the bottom where the phone number is. Uh, The phone number, if I recall correctly, does change episode to episode. So um, don't save that number in your phone uh, because it won't be uh, relevant after each episode. Um, and the phone number, I believe, goes nowhere after the show is over. So, all right. With that said, we're going to jump right into it. Um, we're going to save uh, – uh, we'll do the leaks first to uh, get those ones out of the way. Um, 
you know, we're going to talk about one that's uh, been quite controversial on Facebook, and that's the Golden Company Crossbowman. So um, I'll start with their stats. They are an eight-point neutral unit that has a move five, uh, a long-range crossbow hitting on threes, six, six, four, a short sword four, uh, hitting on fours, five, four, three, uh, defense five, morale six, sentinel order, crossbow, the normal crossbow order where you get sundering and re-rolls if in half range, uh, or short range, I should say. And then they have iron resolve, giving them plus one to panic test rolls and minus one wound from failing panic tests. Uh, important thing to, uh, to remember about iron resolve is it is only panic tests, not morale tests. So, um, if you have a card, uh, let's say, um, whatchamacallit, uh, I think it's High Sparrow, you know, if it's calling for you to make a morale check to, like, trigger one of his cards, it is not going to proc off of Iron Resolve because Iron Resolve is only protect, protecting you against panic tests, which are the tests that are morale tests that cause damage. So it's still a very useful effect, essentially making them a five-up morale for panic tests and minus one wound, giving them a 33% chance that even if they fail, uh, they won't take any damage. So um, I'll let you start this one off, uh, Spencer. What uh, what are your thoughts on these guys? Uh, my main thought is I don't quite know where this is meant to go. I know obviously it's a neutral unit, and neutral is a faction as well. But I just I look at this profile and I kind of go, I think I'd prefer Bastard Girls for one point cheaper. Um, all I'm gaining really is one armor and honestly kind of a worse uh, uh, melee profile, which is what Sentinel's for. Uh, I, I don't know where they're going. Um, and at eight points, that's a hefty price for these, for for what you're getting out of here. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's another unit that I go, I, I think it's got a little disjointed on what its role is meant to actually be. You gave it Sentinel, which, as far as I know, only works in melee or works towards a charge for melee and, and a, a maneuver, maneuver to... and a yeah. maneuver, which is good. But I go, it's meant to kind of work on a melee unit. This isn't supposed to be a melee unit with a long-range crossbow attack, um, and its melee profile isn't good enough, in my opinion, to warrant the eight points. Uh, so I'm kind of in the boat of this unit might not see much play unless there's an adjustment to it at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I look at this unit and I go, if I wanted a multi-purpose unit, I would take Bastard Girls for one point cheaper. Kind of my opinion of it. Yeah, I, that is an, an amazing uh, example you gave because Bastard Girls didn't even cross my mind. Uh, only one that crossed my mind, and I know some people are going to you know, give a little sigh, and I'm only mentioning this comparison because I, this is the one I've seen the most on Facebook is uh, Nice Watch Crossbowman. Um, because uh, they're seven points, this unit's eight points, and you can literally put Benjen Stark one-point attachment in 
the crossbowmen, the Night's Watch crossbowmen, making them the eight points. So an easier comparison because uh, um, Benjin does give the Sentinel order. So basically, um, the Night's Watch crossbowmen will have ready aim release. They'll have ambush. Um, and the only thing that uh, um, the Golden Company is going to have over them is minus one wound to failing panic tests, and that's it. Um, they're the, also, the Night's Watch unit will have the ability to attach like 95% of the Night's Watch attach cards, because there are, and their five-up morale is going to apply to morale tests, let alone panic tests whereas the Iron Resolve won't do that. Um, so in that case, like, I guess the only other upside then is the Golden Company won't have to use that slot for Benjen, but do you really want to make these guys 9, 10 points? Um, I guess you could put a commander in them to keep them at 8 points, but yeah, I feel like... Um, one description I gave for these guys is I just feel like they're bloated um, with abilities. They're, I feel like they're a cool design uh, like idea, but I almost feel like removing, I don't know, Iron Resolve and making them seven points would be really neat, you know, keeping that Sentinel Order because I think their idea was the Sentinel Order giving them the ability to move within short range, get into a flank, and now you're shooting six dice on threes with re-rolls, with Sundering, and minus one to uh, another minus one to armor for flank, and a minus one to panic because of um, uh, flank damage. And I think, though it still wouldn't be like amazing go-to option, I think that would ease a lot more people's minds if you just took away that Iron Resolve and uh, and made him seven points. Because, again, I feel like the unit is just bloated with abilities that you it's hard to justify him at seven points. Um, but you do make a great comparison with the Bastards Girls because Bastards Girls are seven points. Bastards Girls have, I believe, a six move, so one better move. Their profile, I believe, is hit, uh, long range, hitting on threes, uh, six six four. Or, no, sorry, their range attack, I think, is four four four, uh, and their melee though is six six four, hitting on threes. They have vicious on their melee attack. You can make them vulnerable. You can shoot charge. You have a six up save, but a five up morale all the time. Um, I mean. The more I think about it, the more I could still see this unit being seven points, keep the iron resolve, and just be a really good seven-point unit. Um, and I say really good in the sense that uh, you would have to play to their style. Like, you couldn't just feel – this isn't one of those units that you can just field and just do things. Like, you have to be strategic with this unit, but when it – you know, if you do and you build around it and you build around the what the unit is trying to do, I think they would be an, uh, a really strong seven-point unit. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think at eight points, 
I'll be surprised if I see these guys outside of a couple casual games, unfortunately, because the models do look really cool. Uh, and a lot of people love the Golden Company from the books. So we'll have to see, uh, you know, not only will we have to see if anything changes down the line, but we'll also have to see if any uh, commanders come out for the Golden Company just really, like, you know, because there are a couple instances in this game where some things are just kind of eh, but the commander can really, like, make them shine. Um, uh, I've mentioned this combo before, but Ranger Trackers, or sorry, not um, Kranigman Trackers, uh, I struggle to ever include them in any list outside of running them with Rob Commander. And with Rob Commander, that five-point units is amazing for five points. Um, so we'll have to see if maybe a commander being put in the unit. That way, again, putting a commander in this unit means it's only an eight-point unit. Uh, you're not investing more points, but you're possibly getting other abilities to really combo with these effects. So I'm hopeful for these guys because um, when usually, not always, but usually when a unit is this universally disliked, thing else behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's something out there that we don't know yet that the developers do. So I'm hopeful. Uh, that, and keep in mind, this is a leaked unit, um, meaning, uh, you know, we weren't supposed to see it yet. So these guys could be releasing alongside other things, um, and the person who got this unit and, and leaked it might not have gotten those things. Um, you know, neutrals might be getting a hero box uh, three or something, and in there will be like the Golden Company commanders and whatnot, and maybe there's an attachment that even though like for one point might make these guys a nine-point investment, will just, you know... Uh, make them easily worth nine points. You just never know. So, um, again, I'm hopeful, and uh, we'll have to see. All right, next up, we're going to uh, talk about the other leaked unit slash attachment that comes in the box, uh, and that is the Drowned Men with the Drowned Prophet. So if I'm correct from what I saw, um, you, in the box will give you two Drowned Men um, because they're solos, and it'll give you two drowned profits, uh, which I think is fine. Uh, it's it's if I recall, um, your if the freedmen give you three freedmen solos, but no attachments or anything. So I think it's about a fair trade, you know, trading out one um, drowned men solo to give you two drowned profits. Um, but with that said, sorry, excuse me, um, the drowned profit is a two-point attachment with the order resilience. When an enemy is performing an attack on this unit, after attack dice are rolled, the unit only suffers one wound for every two unblocked hits. And then, so before I jump over to the drawn men, I'm going to, we'll uh, um, talk about this guy. So he's identical in every way to a wal walrus chieftain uh, in a vacuum, obviously, it's a whole other faction. But the Walrus Chieftain for Free Folk, um, same thing. Two points for the one order, and that's it. <clears throat> um, personally, I th I think uh, they're just as strong as each other. So Free Folk benefit for the fact that you can 
put it in super cheap units, especially like Raiders, making Raiders only five points, that even if after you kill that hard-to-kill unit with resilience, they're worth no victory points. Um, but Free Folk only have a very limited ways of healing. So and that's where the Greyjoys uh, will exceed. A lot of the units are quite a bit more expensive in the Greyjoys. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are quite a bit more expensive than Free Folk units because most Free Folk units are basically, uh, you know, you got the four-point Raiders with a minus one point, and then you got all the, like a ton of five-point units, whereas... Um, uh, Greyjoys have a ton of seven-point units now and uh, a six-point unit and whatnot. But with that said, I'm excited to kind of transfer um, what I do with the Free Folk. I don't think it'll be nearly as effective in Greyjoys, but I'm still curious to see how it works. Is in Free Folk, I have Mance and some Thens, especially now that Thens have changed. I'm a little excited to try uh, try out that list again somewhere somewhere in the future. But it's Mance with his 5-up morale bubble uh, in some Thens with two Raider units that run up alongside him with Walrus Chieftains. That way it's a 5-up armor with a 5-up morale with resilience order, and even if you eat through the unit somehow, it gives you no victory points. Um, And again, all for only five points. Now I'm excited to try this guy out with uh, Asha in... I don't know, in something, um, because Drowned Profits being two points each and I'm planning to run two, it's a little expensive. So I don't know if I want to put Asha in her traditional Iron Makers. I might want to save on some points and maybe just put her in Reavers. But either way, to give out her bubble, just like Mance, and I'd run two Trapper units with a Drowned Profit in each running up alongside her. So that that way I have Trappers, which are will be six points rather than the five the Raiders give. And there'll be uh, a six-up save with a five-up morale with – yeah, with a five-up morale with resilience and disrupt. And if I can get tokens on them, turn the enemy weakened. Um, I think, uh, you know, we'll be a little – again, a little weaker than the Free Folk way of doing it, but we'll still be a nice, uh, cool combo um, to try out. Uh a lot of people are saying this unit is ne- or this attachment is never going to get used. Um, I will say that I don't think it'll get used that often. So I think one box is perfect because you'll ha- have two of them, and um, I can't ever see anyone running more than two. Uh, you know, even my list uh, having two already, I couldn't imagine running another one and running six points worth of drown profits. Um, but, uh, and then you run, you get, we'll talk about in a minute, but you'll get two drowned men, which I don't think I would ever run more than two drowned men. So this is one of those boxes that's nice that you buy one and you're done. Um, so, uh, but I've seen a lot of people say that they think this is not good for two points, but I think a lot of people underestimate how good resilience is in the right unit. Um, what do you think, Spencer? I know you are pretty uh, used to resilience being on your stagnites and whatnot. Uh, how do you feel about this guy at two points, especially in Greyjoys? So I think it's a fair. It's fair at two points. 
Um, kind of as you're saying, I don't think you're going to see more than one, maybe two at most. Uh, that being said, I am not too happy that Greyjoy's got this because I don't think it's something they needed <laughs> with the sheer amount of healing they have. Um, <laughs> being able to pretty much, yeah, it would be seven points, but you could put it in a Reaver unit. or uh, Yeah, Reaver unit. That unit may never die. <laughs> There's so much healing in the Greyjoy's that the giant rule basically on top of it, they don't die. Um, I, I don't feel this is something that Greyjoy should have had access to in the first place. Uh, but I do think because it's two points, you won't see too much of it. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I'm wrong, but I think this is actually really good and in the right combo. Like, you have to build for it. I, I, I will say that for, like, a list. You'd have to build with this in mind, but I think it could be crazy good where you just can't deal with any of their units, and that could cause problems for specific for for some factions if they they can't even put out the damage output to deal with them. Yep, especially if you don't mind if you work it into the list I had just given you uh, out there with Asha and those trappers, you know. If you can work out two more points and just turn those trappers, like you're saying, into reavers, and now you have Asha and reavers and two more reavers that are going to be a five-up, five-up with resilience, and um, you know if you just let them stick around, uh, they're going to eat your face with you know uh, seven dice sitting on twos and sundering. So you're gonna have to deal with them, but how do you deal with them if they have that awesome morale and they're having all your wounds? Like you're going to have to somehow get multiple attacks in. And even then with the healing, it could be all for nothing. So um, I think people need to look past that two point cost and really need to just, uh, you know, play with these guys. I think you might be surprised in this faction. Um, And I think just the, some of the, um, again, like with Free Folk, I, I think a lot of people are contributing the usefulness of this guy with the usefulness of the Chieftain and Free Folk. The problem with uh, um, the Chieftain is that you don't really want to make, you know, your bone, your followers of bone seven points for resilience when for one point you can choose a Bone Lord's Chosen. Or sorry, a uh, Champion of Bone. Um because each of the five-point units out there have a an amazing one-point attachment that just meshes with them so well. Whereas, you know, um, I would say the only time I would ever really run a Chieftain is literally in Raiders, and that's just because it makes them a five-point unit, and it's not a big deal, and resilience on them can be quite funny. But in Greyjoys, I think there's way more potential for this guy. Again, because of the healing. You have to remember, every time you heal anything with resilience, a giant stagnites, uh, anything with the Chieftain or Drowned Prophet, you're essentially healing two wounds for every wound you heal. Um, Now, granted, on a giant, because you can't turn the ability off, it's way more effective, but um, still, even on a unit with resilience, if they can't attack you multiple times, if you take the Wealth Zone and heal three, that's like healing six, in a sense. Because, you know, you're going to block. You're going to take half 
of their hits or their uh, wounds. Is it hits or wounds? Um, yeah, wounds. Uh, you're going to take half of the total number of wounds, so you still get your armor save, assuming, you know, uh, of at minimum a six, and then you're only taking half rounded down. So um, it's, I think, uh, again, a lot of my Greyjoy listeners out there really, truly give this guy a fair shake. I think you'll be really surprised. Now, granted, we do have to kind of throw into this discussion the um, Baron Blacktide MCU. Um, I definitely agree. He is way better um, than a Drowned Prophet. He is an influence that can go anywhere. Um, the Drowned Pro- and he's five points uh, opposed to one attachment being almost half the Baron's cost. But I do want to point out there are a handful of advantages to the profit. Um, the profit being, uh, and the black tide will happen for every single attack uh, until it falls off from a, a failed pack test. But he's always there. Meaning, if your opponent can activate before your black tide uh, uh, NCU activates, you, you can get around that resilience. Um, Another advantage is that um, you can run two different NCUs if all you really care about is having resilience on one specific unit if that's what your game plan is and how your list is built. Another advantage is that he has no st- the Drown Prophet has no stipulation for a failed panic test, meaning that you don't have to build your army around panic being good at uh, uh, morale tests. Uh, whereas Baron, I mean, if you run like an entire army of Reavers and Bowmen and you have nothing better than a 7-up, I mean, I don't think that's a wise uh, five-point NCU investment, whereas you can take this profit and still, you know, if your list is built the way um, a certain way, you can still run your Aaron, uh, uh, Eric Ironmaker and Wendemir combo, which are like, uh, arguably the two best NCUs in Greyjoys, um, or at least top top three if you count Baron in there. Um, so there are a lot of advantages. And then my last point I'll make, why not both? Why not one Drown Prophet on one unit that you know has a crappy morale? Now you have Baron who can cover like two other units that have like a great morale. And now, you know, half of your army uh, half or more than half of your army, depending if you have five or six unit drops, are covered by the resilience order, potentially. Obviously, Baron can only go on one unit, but you know what I mean. So, last thing I'll say, just give this guy a fair shake. I think you'll be surprised. All right, over to the Drowned Men. Drowned Men, uh, I am super excited for. I don't think they're an auto-include, but I think... I think they're an easy contender to the other four-point uh, uh, options with the Bowmen and the Trappers. They are uh, obviously a four-point unit. A, they have a five-move. They have four dice hitting on five for melee. They have a six-up save, but a four-up morale. And uh, they have the unit only has a total of four wounds because it is a solo tray. Um, this unit can only suffer a maximum of one wound from failing a panic test. That's huge, because even though they have that awesome four-up morale, 
you can't just poke these guys with one um, wound and then hope that they crit fail their panic test. Uh, because if you follow the, um, the same ruling as the giant, you can't increase this one wound. It's literally one or nothing. You can't, it can't be one plus, you know, a bajillion because of Lannister's supremacy. Um, it's only one, uh, no more, but it could be zero. Um, and then this unit only suffers one wound for every two unblocked hits from any attack or effect. So it doesn't call it resilience, but it is resilience. And it's not an order. It's a, an ability that can never be taken away like the giant. Uh, so those four wounds are essentially eight plus. And I say eight plus because you have to round down when doing this ability. Um, so, um, and then lastly, they have the order, Drowned God's Blessing, start of any turn. Target one friendly Greyjoy unit in short range. I am glad this ability is really strong, so I'm glad they made it short range. Um, and choose one. This unit restores two wounds. This unit may reroll any attack dice this turn, or enemies that attack this unit uh, this turn become vulnerable. So um, these guys, amazing support unit and survivable. That's kind of my gripe with Freedmen is they are barely, I have never, out of like the six times I've ever killed a Freedmen unit, they've always died from one attack. Always. I have never not one-shotted a Freedmen unit. This unit, in order to one-shot them, you would have to have them fail eight wounds, eight six-up saves, and... Um, be, you know, that doesn't sound too hard, but on average, you sure, should roll at least one, not to mention you would need eight dice to begin with, you know, or if you're lucky, you hit them with six and they fail all six and then they fail their panic and take one wound and then they would die. But what I'm getting at is these guys are not going to die from a one shot almost ever. And that is the key point is that even if they can get around your units and get into combat with these guys, you can then charge in with something else, tie them up, and use the Drowned Men's activation to get out of there. Uh, not to mention, again, anytime you heal a unit with, this, with the Resilience ability or the Giant ability, whatever you want to call it, you're healing essentially two wounds. So even if they charge in, let's say they do two wounds total from four hits, because um, you fail your saves and you pass your panic, so you only have two wounds gone. Wendemere order, two wounds back. Draw a card. Like it's, I'm. I don't think these guys are too good for four points, but I think they are an amazing four point unit. Like these guys, I don't think would be necessarily worth it at five because they literally have no. Uh, real um, attack output. You know, four dice hitting on fives. Um, you'd be lucky if you did one wound and then you'd just have to cross your fingers that they, pa uh, that they fail their panic tests and take two to three more or something. So really these guys are just meant to be a cheap four-point activation and give this uh, uh, order out there for some buffs for Drown God's Blessing. So, because you have to remember, for four points, you could just run trappers or bowmen, um, 
and they would actually have some, especially the Bowman, you know, for their point costs. So uh, I think these guys, again, are amazing for points, but I I think uh, we'll have to see. I, I only plan to run one of them because, you know, if you run two, then, again, you're you're really trading out two uh, four-pointers for what you would have made pro- possibly trappers or bowmen. And I think uh, you would have too much support for what little left you would have out there to deal the damage. So we'll have to see. But again, I like that this box comes with two, just to give you that option, because I definitely couldn't imagine you're running three, um, let alone three drown profits. So uh, Spencer, what's your opinion on these guys? Uh, I don't know why does Simon keep giving Greyjoys more four-point units. Uh, I think they now have the most in the game. <laughs> uh, uh, tied with tied with Night's Watch. Oh. Yeah, but Night's Watch <laughs> is a lot of solos, and their solos aren't quite the same as this. Um, well, it's one unit and two solos opposed to two units and one solo. It's close. Yeah, well, this unit is like an eight-wound solo, like you were just saying, not a <laughs> not a four-wound solo. Anyway, I think this is really good. Uh, again, I, I don't quite get why Simon gave it to him in the first place, but it's a good four-point unit. It'll compete with Trappers and with Bowman. Uh, there's some good combos you're going to be able to do. Uh, it, I, I don't quite get why you gave him... The only one wound from Panic and a Giant Rule, I feel like that's excessive for a four-point unit, but okay. Uh, Time will tell whether or not it's too good or not. Hopefully, we'll see. All right, let's see. Next up, we will get into the quarter one updates. Uh, Let's jump into, I think, the easiest one to talk about, and that is Then Warriors. So essentially, they got rid of the unyielding that they had before and gave them hold the line. When this unit activates, target one enemy engaged with this unit. It suffers two hits, plus one hit for each of this unit's remaining ranks. Um, I think this is um, objectively uh, better than the unyielding. Um, I know it's an order rather than the unyielding always being in effect, but, um, you know, Sens can now combo the hold the line with uh, you know not like right back to back because hold the line is when the unit when then the sends activate but you can taunt uh, the enemy into you they're going to have to attack and then you can uh, hold the line when the sends activate uh, forcing your opponent to basically activate before the sends do because the sends have to activate and already be engaged for hold the line to work because uh, it, the ability says to target an engaged enemy. So, um, so you can taunt them into you and then do the active, and then you can activate and uh, trigger this effect. Um, this will be key for uh, hit, uh, doing it to five and six up save units, um, which I think will be. Uh, you know, if you can do that, they're they're going to suffer quite a bit because that's if you're still at full ranks when you activate, that's five hits on a five up or six up save unit is going to be pretty devastating for just an order happening, um, especially for a five point unit order happening. Um, now, obviously, you know, there's 
you're going to have to be smart about what you're doing it to. Uh, obviously, you don't want to guardsmen into you and and then uh, try to trigger hold the line on five hits on a, a three-up uh, save unit and now be trapped into with a unit that has land supremacy. But being free folk, you should have more drops than your opponent, and you should be able to place these guys across from, like, the perfect target. So uh, overall, I think this is a great change. Um, I am a little disappointed that the unyielding is gone because I love the synergy of putting Steyr in with them uh, because Steyr had Iron Resolve, meaning that if you were at last rank, you were at minus three to the panic damage. So if they had no way to uh, um, increase panic damage, you even if you failed your panic test, you didn't take any wounds. So I will miss that combo. Um, but still, I think these guys are now um, way better than they were before. What do you think, Spencer? Uh, I think these guys are significantly better than they were. Being able to do auto-hit mechanics, yeah, you have to be engaged when you activate, but it's really good. Uh, this will help send warriors out a lot, even though I thought they were fine where they were. This, I think, will give them a lot more offensive punch, and they'll see a lot more play now. Uh, for the hold the line ability, though, I'm more curious as to what else in the game is going to get it. Because normally, not one, you know, a, an ability like that doesn't feel like one unit's going to get it. Obviously, we won't know until the balance update's out. But what else is going to get this? Because this seems really good, actually. Um, yeah, it, it seems really good. Uh, even in, like you're saying against a three point unit or a, a three up armor unit, I'm like, if you can do five hits they still could fail two of those before you even attack. It can make a pretty good difference. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think Thun Warriors are in a really good place now. I think they'll see C play, which I'm happy to see because I like Thun Warriors myself. Uh, but we'll see what else gets this ability and go from there. Yep. Last thing I'll add is that before, uh, I thought, again, they were great at what points they were at um, and usable, but they were in that spot that it was usually like a commander bunker. Now with this ability, I could possibly see myself running two. Um, maybe not more than two, but, you know, what I'm getting at is that now, you know, I might actually run them just to run them rather than as a command bunker. Um, all right, next up we have Champions of the Stag. I will let you take this one away because I know you're ma a mainly Brassian player. All right, so the change to the Champions of the Stag is their uh, what is it, Champions Wrath or whatever they're uh, attacking, their critical blow and uh, weakened an enemy on the charge, gained a slight buff. They gained an extra uh, ability added into that. That is, when they start a turn engaged before they do their attack, the defender becomes vulnerable. So uh, it, it, it's nice. You have to already be engaged, so it's for prolonged combat. It, it will give Champions of Stag a little more punch, which is nice. You know, vulnerable plus critical blow still can do some stuff. And combining it with Ars of the Fury, you could make a devastating hit to enemies with this. My problem is I still don't know if this competes with Flademen for an eight-point cavalry unit. Uh it's it's very hard to say because the 
the Flademen, I go, their big thing is on the charge. They can just crush an opponent to the point that the opponent can't really hurt them, and they'll finish them off in you know subsequent attacks. Um, but it is a nice change. It's a buff. I'll take it. Is it enough? I don't know, and I won't know until I get to play with it. Uh, my initial impression is that probably wasn't enough to make them equal to a Flademen option. Uh, but I will be interested to try it out. I play with Champions of the Stag in several of my lists, so it's a buff. I'll take it. Yeah, I I like this change a lot. I'm in the minority, though, that I thought the champions were uh, fine the way they were. Um, but I'm also... Not, I'm not opposed to the buff. Like, I don't think like this makes them too good or anything. I'm not like delusional that I think this unit, you know, is it went from you know like okay to like amazing. But I think it's just more of an incentive over uh, flayed men in the right lists. Um, I want to just pull up flayed men real quick just so I can properly compare the two because I know that's that again that is what most people are comparing these guys to um, because uh, those are your only two options at the moment for heavy Cav for Baratheons um, so let's see uh, as far as the stats to the left um, the flayed men will have one more move uh, and the champions of the stag will have one more armor and one more attack at last rank. So five dice instead of four that the flayed men have. And then to the right, what you're trading is um, champions will have critical blow uh, all the time. And um, flayed men will have uh, vicious all the time um, and intimidating presence all the time. Now, maybe if intimidating presence uh, or at least their intimidating presence was changed to be similar to uh, their new vulnerable ability. It would be a bit more comparable. But I will stand by saying that uh, Renly is going to want Champions of the Stag, uh, Renly uh, loyalty, uh, and Stannis loyalty is going to want uh, Flayed Men. And I, I could see arguments for making Flayed Men for... Uh, Renly, and I could see arguments for making champions for Stannis, but I just, I I think, in my opinion, if I'm running a heavy cav, if I'm Renly's side, I'm taking champions. If I'm running a heavy cav and I'm Stannis' side, I'm taking Flayedman. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to change from that position, especially now with this um, buff that they got, because, in my opinion, Vulnerable is more useful than Sundering in, like, 90... Uh, plus percent of situations, um, you know, because um, minus one a lot of times doesn't do much. Vulnerable, making your opponent reroll, especially when you get that one, like, it happens like every game, your opponent gets that one, like, insane roll. That's just like, that shouldn't have happened. Like, how are you, how'd you make uh, seven of eight uh, five-up saves? Like, what in the world? That vulnerable token is going to be invaluable, especially the, for the fact that uh, on um, it applying after every attack as long as you were engaged. Um, it also helps that um, 
you know, if you can charge, get that critical blow, you get rerolls to help with the critical blow. You'll make your opponent weakened so that when they do attack you, um, that two-up save with a weakened token is going to be pretty big. Um, both the flayed men and the champions are kind of susceptible to panic because that six-up morale and no, like, minus to their own. But we'll see. I like the change, and uh, I'm excited to uh, play with them. All right. Next up, we have the Kranigman Trackers. So their hidden traps is the only thing that changed, as far as I'm aware. Before it was your opponent took uh, one hit for every remaining rank, and then they suffered disorderlies on ones and twos. Now it is um, uh, the enemy will suffer one hit plus one hit for every remaining rank, so one additional hit, and that enemy suffers minus one move until the end of the turn. I don't think this was enough that I'm ever going to run them more than, like, one unit of them, which is sad because I own three. absolutely love the sculpts. They're some of my best-painted Stark uh, units, models. Um, that minus one I actually like better than the ones and twos because essentially you are, already had um, disorderly on one, so it was really just adding one more die or one more number you could roll for disorderly. But that minus one, is huge, especially, again, with Rob Stark, because Rob Stark has his uh, uh, order um, to give, on a start of an enemy turn, give uh, one of your friendly units, in short, a three-inch uh, three shift. Not only that, but also a card that allows, uh, or that will hurt your opponent as well uh, when they attempt to charge you. So I think this minus one is huge, um, especially if you moved in such a way that they had to roll a six to get you, and now you play the uh, do this effect uh, after they've activated with the intention of possibly charging you, and now they can't even declare the charge because it's not legal because they can't make it. Um, or no, sorry, they would declare that. That's weird. When an unengaged enemy in long range performs any action, so yeah, they could. Uh, you could essentially. They would have to declare the charge action. You would trigger this order. They would take the hits. They are now at minus one, and the charge isn't legal. Ah, that's crazy. Um, I wonder if that was intentional. Uh, but with that said, I'll, I'll transfer it over to you, uh, Spencer. What do you think of these guys now? Well, first and foremost, the ability to one or the other, the hits or the minus one move. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not both. That would be ridiculous for both. Um, <laughs> so it's one or the other. And I know, Rob, was what you were going to talk about. I'm going to actually talk about Holland Reed Commander because he has a card for an additional minus one when an enemy unit activates. So you go, you're minus one when you activate. Oh, and then you're going to go do an action. I'm going to minus another one from the Krennic Men uh, Trappers, and I'm going to make you minus two move. And that can apply to, say, Calvary. Oh, your Calvary, that's got a five-inch free maneuver. No, it's actually got a three-inch maneuver. And then do what you're going to do. Um, or Champions of the Stag that we just talked about. Yeah, that would drop to <laughs> two. Yeah, I'd be, I'm going to be happy when that happens to me, I know. Um, <laughs> however, so yeah, I'm looking at it as between the tactics card that Lord or that Holland has and the one unit of Trappers, like you said, I think I, one unit is now viable. It's not, it's not spammable, though. But with that card and with that ability combining together, being, okay, that unit wants to make a charge. Oh, it thought it was auto? No, it actually needs a 3-plus to even make it now. 
Um, you know, the, plus making a terrain piece dangerous from the card. Uh, you you can do some <laughs> really interesting things now, I think, with them. It makes them if, better. It, it makes them better both with the hits and with the, like you said, I'm more interested in the minus one to move. Uh, I think there's really cool things you can do with this. Speculatively, though, I'm going to throw out there, Free Folk will be able to do the same thing between Yigra and NCU, and if Trappers gain this, or, you know, gain this new version of the Trapper rule, they'll always be able to do it to somebody. Now, I don't think Trappers are very good, but this will help them. Uh, you might start seeing one Trapper unit. I don't think so, because I think you're still going to just run Raiders because of the insignificance so powerful, but it's a, an option. Another another thing is uh, Mira, one point attachment gives it. Yep. And can so, uh, also work with Holland because it makes him Kranich men. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I... Again, I don't think you're going to be able to spam these guys or nothing, but I think in a Holland list, you could even possibly see two. But I think more than likely you'll see one plus, like, Mira. Um, Rob list, you'll uh, still, that combo is amazing, even better than before, in my opinion. Um, and, yes, Spencer's right. I did miss uh, right between all the texts. It says choose one, so you have to pick either the hits or the minus one move. And, uh, but I still think that is amazing. Because if they're right at needing a six to get you, you just choose the minus one and be like, all right, you chose your action and uh, you can't charge me now, uh, which I think is crazy. Um, but, I mean, the, f- the amount of times that that will happen is pretty rare. Or you could even move within five, within that they need a five, because a lot of people are like, you know what, YOLO, 33% chance that I can get in, and if I do, it's going to be devastating. You go, okay, uh, I'll choose to move back one. Now you have, um, what is it, like 16% chance? I always forget the number for uh, one out of six. But you I believe have one it's in 16 six and two-thirds chance. Yeah, so a one out of six chance um, to get you, that's a big, a bit uh, big of a difference. Um, so, and worst case, if they do get you on that six, you still have swift re- retreat um to get out of comp perform a free retreat action so again i like these guys a lot more now um i still would have liked to seen a little bit more of a buff but it is cool that i don't know how influential influential uh our talk was on these guys before but the one plus one for every rank was what we had suggested um so it is cool that it's always cool to see when they change something to something we've said whether or not that actually made a difference who knows if they even listened to us um or even that episode in particular but it's always a cool little thing to see all right moving on got three more units we're going to talk about the bloody mummer skirmishers next so uh the only change i believe they got was uh they hit on threes instead of fours now to be totally honest with you though i thought they were fine before uh at hitting on threes for a six point unit that has counter strike and disrupt and the ability to give out weekends to basically make them unattackable uh i think these guys might be too good now um i thought they were fair before you i still saw them a decent amount um especially with certain combos and now hitting on threes i don't know what do you think spence uh i'm kind of indifferent 
they they obviously got much better. They're much more efficient on offense now when that, when attacking, which is good. But I I don't know. I look around at all the other factions and I just go, there's there's not many places. Like you said, there's specific combos I think they work well with. But I don't think this like buff put them into okay a uh, situation where I normally wouldn't run them. I'm going to run them now. I still don't think so. I, I still think you have to kind of build with them having a purpose in the list to begin with. It's not changing that. Um, I also look around at other factions and I go, almost every faction now has a six-point unit that hits on three. Why not give it to neutrals? Uh, this, this doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't. I, I don't yeah. see them getting played more for this, and I don't see them getting played less for this. It's, it's just a nice change to give them a buff. Uh, but they, it doesn't. I don't think it's going to increase their play much. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I wonder if Veterans of the Watch from Night's Watch had anything to do with this change. Because um, uh, Veterans, for one point more, were like crazy more good. Like, just really good for the one point increase that I think maybe... They still are. They're like, you know what? <laughs> well... It's a lot more... Plus one armor and plus two morale for one point. That is a worthwhile plus one point. And being Night's Watch for the Night's Watch attached cards. Yeah, but they don't have the Mummer's Blade. Um, So I think think now that they hit on threes, that one point is like you can see it in the card and in the difference. It's like, okay, do I want the Mummer's Blade ability or do I want one extra die at two ranks, one extra uh, defense, and uh, two extra morale, you just got to ask yourself that, you're like, well, if I save a point, can I do, it, it would come down to your list, like, you know, but again, if we're talking strictly Night's Watch, then yeah, taking having that extra, yeah, because, uh, you know, attaching those Night's Watch effects are just ridiculously good. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I'm in the same boat as you, that I don't, I barely see the, I don't necessarily say that they aren't going to be taken any more or any less. I think they won't definitely won't be taken any less, but I think they'll, you'll see them a little more than you did before. Uh, I think now that they hit on threes, I think you might see people actually pulling them out and being like, you know, what combos can I make that I didn't care to make before? And I think that is what might bump up their, uh, their presence on the field. Um, all right, two more units. All right, we're going to talk about House Clegane Mountainsmen. Um, their change was very simple. Before it was their Marauder's Blade gave critical blow all the time and gains plus one to hit and vicious when attacking enemies with fewer remaining ranks. Their new change is now when they attack. It's all the same as before except for now it's when attacking units with the same or fewer remaining ranks. This is a huge... You know, this small change is a huge change, you know, it, for the uh, implication of what the unit can now do. Before, you know, I had mentioned this so often because I own six units of these guys for my wife who this was her favorite unit. And having to attack something at fewer ranks to get these buffs meant they were basically support uh in the sense that they wanted to go into combat after the uh enemy was already like hit and lost a rank. Um you didn't want a bunch of these guys because then you wouldn't be getting this extra effect uh with most of them um until possibly later in the game. 
now that it's the same, you can charge in with uh, getting these effects if you're both at full ranks. Now you are seven dice hitting on threes with rerolls, with vicious, with critical blow. That's huge for a six-point unit. I personally think that these guys might be too good. Um, we will have to see. I don't think they're going to like be broken. Like I don't think that they're that ridiculously good that, like, oh, my goodness, the game is going to just collapse on itself. I just think these guys are going to be so point effective now for what they do. So um, before I rant too much, because I don't think, again, I don't think this unit is like some huge problem that, oh, my gosh, Simon, what in the world were you thinking? I just think these guys are arguably, you know, in the top uh, seven best six-point units in the game now, potentially, with the context of their faction. What do you think, Spence? Um, This is such a small change, but has such a huge impact on the unit that it's we could ramble about this for a long time. Um, this unit just jumped from being one of the worst. I, I don't think it was the worst six point unit in the, in it's the Lannister faction to, I think it competes possibly directly with uh, red cloaks as the best six point unit in the faction in a faction that has what? Five, six point units. Um, yeah, this, I think so. This is a change where I think you might end up seeing one, not in every list, but there's a list that might just throw one in just to throw one in. Um, it now can stand on its own and trigger its own effect so easy now that it actually is a good unit again. And it's wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, Mountain's Men are awesome. I'm, I'm excited. So, yeah, I, I definitely think you're going to see a lot more of them. Uh, the only... Negative, I'm going to say, is I think this might push Helvetiers into a very low spot where you don't see Helvetiers as much anymore. Uh, the Helvetiers, you can go, well, they have Sundering, but I go, I'd rather have Vicious and Critical Blow than Sundering. And hitting on three, yeah. and more dice, or not more dice, but pretty much the same amount of don't dice. Don't forget Prey on Fear, because these guys are... Yeah, uh, once they're hurt, they can just... start healing themselves back. I well, just I, I look these at guys. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I just I look at it and I go I don't know if Helbadiers have a place after this change anymore because I look at my list and I go I could swap out that Helbadier for Mountains then, and I think it'll do more. <laughs> um, yep. Well, these guys have a big place now, even with like uh, running High Sparrow uh, NCU, because these guys are essentially just as good as they were before in 1.6. But now, don't forget, they have that Prey on Fear. I know a lot of people forget they have that ability now, but now you can influence your enemy, have Sparrow on them, and then you could attack them, them fail their panic, and you can play... Fealty to the Crown, Prey on Fear, and Sparrow, and then go from, like, nothing to, like, fully healed. All from one card, and then one influence, and their base ability. Like, the potential with these guys are huge. Especially, uh, I'll just mention one more combo, and that's Mandon Moore. One point Kingsman to give them plus one to hit and Sundering. A uh, seven-point unit that is now on the charge, granted if you have the Crown, Hitting on twos with seven dice, critical blow, vicious, thundering. I mean, <laughs> with re-rolls, um, if I didn't mention that already. It's it's going to be 
insanely nasty. And then your opponent, you know, is arguably going to probably lose two full ranks of guys, depending on what you charge. Meaning that you're even when they hit you back, uh, you are going to be uh, easily higher ranks, uh, or have, uh, at very you know, or you will always get your ability. That's the other thing is that if your opponent is at last rank, you can't not get this ability anymore because you would have to be dead to to not have the same ranks as them. Um, so. Uh, and then again, with Prey on Fear just attached to them, they could be uh, healing back up even after you hit them, and then they hit you again. So, I don't know. These guys are pretty scary now, and uh, I can't wait to try them out as well. Um, I would also like right. to point out quickly two other combos. Yep. Uh, you have, obviously, an Assault set to give them Intimidating Presence. And the other one I've thought of is Marilyn Trant, who gives you Intimidation to the Crown. If you control the Crown when this unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack die, the Defender becomes panicked and weakened to give you a panic token and to give them a weakened token so that they don't hit you back that hard while giving a panic to try and trigger your your own Vicious and Prey on Fear. Yep. I could definitely see a bunch of, like, running, like, two or three of these guys and just running a bunch of Kingsmen or something. Um, granted, you would have to have, like, probably Joffrey, and then Joffrey could be putting panics on the Clegane, on your guys, with who I only have a 7-up morale. But, I don't know, man, these guys are definitely going to be super scary, so I would definitely watch out for them and, uh, you know, don't uh, sleep on them. Two more units and to get through. Uh the next one we're going to talk about is the Night's Watch Ranger Trackers. They have only been changed from uh, um, 7 points to 6 points. And I'm going to start this one off by saying I think they're way, way too good now. Way too good. In my opinion, they were just fine. They were a super fair 7-point unit. Um, and I think most people might disagree, but I think that's mostly because you compare them to uh, Ranger Hunters, who are arguably the best seven-point unit in the game. Uh, nice Watch Vets, who are arguably in the top five best seven-point units of the game. Sworn Brothers, who are also arguably top five seven-point units in the game, or at least, you know, top seven or something. Like, there's so many ridiculously amazing Night's Watch seven-pointers that, yes, of course you never really saw Ranger Trackers. Why would you when you have these other options that are so good? But really, when you broke it down, 1.6 Night's Watch who ran Ranger Trackers, you know, they're running them all day at six points. And Ranger Trackers, though a slight debuff, everyone pretty much got slight debuffs, but they, had, they got, what is it, the ability Pathfinder so that they ignore... Yeah. Uh, dangerous hindering and rough and you let them keep that and made them back to six points oh man people are already theory crafting all ranger tracker lists because of how ridiculously good this unit is now uh i just i i don't want to rant too long about not swatch not only that but we're getting a little past the time we wanted to be on this show um or like for the length of the show uh, but man i'm, I'm just going to leave it at i'm kind of speechless now uh, what's your thoughts on this units 
Yeah, I thought they were perfectly fine seven-point units. They were just in a faction that's bloated with great seven-point units, which made them not stand out. Six points, I think, might be too good. I think you'll see a minimum of one per fact or per list. Like they're almost an auto clue again. Uh, I would have at least taken away the Pathfinder to drop them to the six points because they shouldn't have all these abilities on a six-point cavalry unit. That's a six-inch move. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just I, I think you're going to see plenty of them now. Like you said, people probably already looking at how do I make a full list of nothing but these because they're that good again. Um, uh, I, I don't quite get the logic behind it, but okay, <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. One very last thing I'll mention with them is that now you essentially you essentially told a Night's Watch player that, okay, um, we reduced this to six. You're like, oh, well, my list doesn't have anywhere to use that point. Why not put a Watch Marshal in them? Now your Ranger Tracker unit that has um, Mark Target Pathfinder is now going to have, in addition to those abilities, Adaptive Planning and Swift Retreat at the same point cost that they were before when if you had them in your list. Um, you know, that adaptive planning is huge because target one combat unit long range, replace one condition token on that unit with another condition token. That means you can never give them more than one condition token. And even if you do, they can still change it. And the reason I say that is because it has been ruled that let's say I put a war cry in them and they're now panicked and vulnerable. If I don't use it right away, and they get another start of turn because it's the start of any turn, they can do adaptive planning and turn the vulnerable to a panic or a panic to a vulnerable, and it goes away because you can't have two of the same token. So uh, In that situation, they can do it immediately because you do your start of turn with Warcry, and then they get their start of turn to immediately do adaptive planning and switch. Yep, you're correct. Um, in that instance, yes, you could you would get to do it right away. Um, so it... And again, swift retreat. You attack them, they're going to just free retreat out of you. All for now, the same point cost they were before. They're just so good. <laughs> Another right. thing I would move. point out. Oh, go ahead. Once you're done, yep. go ahead and finish yours. Oh, I was going to move on, but if you have something else, we'll, we'll cover that before we move to the last so, unit. Okay, so what I'm going to bring up is the Pathfinder rule. So conveniently enough, Night's Watch also seemed to have this one-point attachment the senior builder who can just throw out stakes. Oh, I'm going to just put them in a conscript unit. Conscripts can also heal my ranger trackers if I need to. I'm going to march up near to an objective and just throw down stakes that my opponent can't march on, but my ranger trackers can. It's You gave this unit Pathfinder, and you put it in a faction, The as far as I can think of, the only faction that can throw stakes out all over if they want to as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um or um let's see if this does anything. Uh probably not as effective as the watch marshal. For that one point, they have four options of one point attachments you can put in them now, which is uh the glory seeker, the fortune seeker, and cold hands. Obviously you wouldn't want glory because the rally cries melee only, but fortune seeker, um they're gonna heal one if they pass a morale and they have a five-up morale, and motivated by coin, you can take the free attack, or you can take the attack zone, or the wealth zone to give them a free shot uh, with Fortune Seeker, or Cold Hands to give that unit Sentinel and Intimidating Presence. 
I mean, uh, all right, rant over. Sorry, guys. I know, um, you know, it's it's nice watch. I'm just surprised that, you know, the biggest complaint of 2021 has been, like, universally Night's Watch. And the very first thing they show for Night's Watch is a buff. <laughs> well, I um, will say in regards to that, uh, I watched the chat. They specifically wanted to point out, like, it's not all good for Night's Watch. There are changes coming that are, it sounds like, going to be straight-up nerfs. And they wanted to be positive during the chat, so they revealed this. My guess is this is going to be partially to counter some of the nerfs coming. I don't know what they are. I'm not a playtester, but I'm assuming some are coming. I mean, I definitely can see the logic behind that. Like, you know, but a lot. Uh, they had a good amount of people listening. I think like a couple hundred or more. Um, so that's something. But they had to also realize that. Uh, thousands more were going to just only see the card and see a buff rather than the handful of hundreds that listened to the chat that heard them say all this additional info. So, um, so I understand like if everyone heard the info, so I'm hoping that maybe people listening that didn't know that already, that will help uh, ease them a bit. I'm, and I'm going to put it this way. I, I know that, nerfs are coming for nice watch like i had no doubt it's just to lead with a buff especially as good as this was just you know it added to the frustration to a lot of people um and that's i guess the one downside to kind of revealing things slowly to everyone is you don't get the full picture and that's why i always try to stay stay optimi- optimistic about the reveals because you know, I don't think Michael and Fabio are dumb. I think they're actually pretty clever guys, and they're really good at a lot of things. Um, so I try to stay optimistic when I see stuff like this, that they have a reasoning behind it. So um, we'll see. Uh, again, end rant. Um, you know, I apologize. I know some people probably agree, some people disagree, and I'm sure some people don't really care about the rant part. So I do apologize. Uh, sometimes it just could be a little frustrating. Um, so we're going to go on to the last unit here, which is Drogon, which I'm assuming applies to the other two dragons. Uh, the only change, I believe, is that it is the damage from their auto. Uh, I believe they also added some wording in here. Let me uh, pull it up real quick, just so I don't know. They combined the... Maybe. Uh, a token generator into the attack like that instead of it being a separate thing. Yeah, I think they reworded a lot of things to make more sense. Kind of, all right, so it used to say hits from this attack cannot be blocked if this attack generates any hits. Instead of rolling defense dice, the defender suffers D3 plus three wounds, and one enemy in short range of the defender becomes panicked. This is now hits from this attack cannot be blocked. The attack that generates any hits, instead of rolling defense dice, the defender suffers D3 wounds, plus one wound for each of its remaining ranks, and one enemy in short range of the defender becomes panicked. Um, So, uh, only the damage changed. All the wording is the same. I thought the wording might have been different. So, instead of doing uh, three plus D3, so a pen- potential of four to six auto wounds, and then taking a vicious panic test. It is now three plus one for every remaining rank. So the potential at full ranks is still 
four to six, but then at two ranks is um, uh, three to five, and then last rank is one, uh, two to four. Um, so uh, basically, in order to kill, uh, and then obviously a vicious panic test, but uh, I'm going to be optimistic here and say that I think dragons are now fair. Um, like, like they're not something to like truly be scared of anymore. Um, yes, they still have the potential that if you're at last rank and they roll a three on the D3 that you just die. But I think it's going to take like uh, m- minimum three attacks to kill a unit now. Uh, with averages, and then I guess it depends on your panic test. Like, if you have, like, a really bad panic, and with that vicious, you could be dying in two attacks still. But I think uh, I I really love this change, and I think um, you won't dread to see dragons anymore, and those players out there that really just want to get their dragons on the table uh, won't have to, and shouldn't have to, but won't have to feel bad anymore. Um, And I think it will still be competitive. Uh, what do you think, Spence? I think this is where dragons need to be, like you said. This this seems the right, the proper amount of damage without being over-damaging, you know, too too much, and bit without being too little. This seems right to me. Uh, like you said, I actually don't think I would be upset if someone were to lay down dragons against me, in a, even in a casual game now, and I'd be like, okay, whatever, that's fine. I can deal with that now because they're not just going to melt a unit in two attacks consistently. It's you, they need some luck on their side to, to get rid of a unit that quickly. Um, meaning I have time to actually play around with them and try and do damage to them. Uh, th- this is fair. This is where dragons should be. And I, I hope Targaryen players don't get too upset about it because I feel like they should be able to admit to themselves Dragons were doing a bit more than they should for their cost. Yep. Well, especially because, you know, if you ran Mother of Dragons, you had to run all three, meaning they were only a seven-point unit. And then if you weren't doing it that way, you were probably only running one. I'm sure there are some outliers out there, but I'm just talking about, uh, you know, most of the cases. If you weren't running Mother of Dragons, you were only running one dragon, in which case you could pretty much run the Unburnt, which reduced them by one point, still making them seven points. So um, it's I a, think it's a wash uh, with her just because she's also five points versus a four point NCU. So most people saw her as a wash anyway. Of it's still kind yeah. of eight points with a four point NCU. Um, but, I also would like to point out, even though it's not that critical, it always annoyed me that dragons at seven points in Mother of Dragons could one shot a seven point giant for the free folk just by rolling a three on a D3. <laughs> that always seemed dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. So now um, attacking a giant can only do four wounds max. Granted, you're going to take a vicious panic, and then you could then take two at max from and die anyway, but... Yeah. But it's kind of out there, because what, a giant is a five-up... I think now, uh, I think I they reduced it from a seven a four. Barring other minuses from other things. If it's Drogon, a panic token. But again, you you could roll a one on that damage, um, even if you fail. Now you just 50, made giant 50. angry. Yeah, and now the dragon might 
be the one dying in one hit, uh, assuming you don't have uh, fire made flesh. So, I don't know. I like uh, it a lot. Fire made fl- um, flesh wouldn't help you. Oh, the yeah. Giant, uh, it's, the giant doesn't auto wounds back as well. Fire made flesh doesn't do anything to that. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I don't think I it, so. It, can the giant even get to eight wounds, though? So I don't think it can one-shot the dragon, even if it was down to one wound. Well, I think I don't it's... Play uh, let me look. Um, yeah, so you're right about Fire and Made Flesh, and then I'm looking at Free Folk real quick before we end the yeah, uh, discussion on the dragons now. here. So it does um, E3 plus wound, one wound. So if it's at one wound and it rolls a three, it can one-shot a dragon right back. <laughs> so... That would be kind of funny. Um, then now you're walking around with this very, very angry giant. <laughs> uh, but, again, I think Simon did an awesome. And this is, I believe, I want to say this is, again, what we suggested for the dragons when we talked about the dragons way back when. Um, I think this is what we said as well. Uh so, again, I really don't – whenever stuff like this happens, it, it's a cool thought that maybe we had influence, but I never assume that it's like, oh, look, they listen to us and that we're the reason this happened. So I try not to think of it that way. You know, I'm not that, like, into myself. But uh, it's always cool to kind of see when things get changed to what you kind of thought it should be. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited about dragons now. I am excited to actually play dragons to test out my theory that they are perfect the way they are now. I am a little worried, though, that dragons will have a very, very hard time with this new change with Greyjoys and Night's Watch because they both heal so much that these dragons are just going to be like, okay, take all these wounds. All right, I heal them all back. Okay, all right, I'm doing nothing because I can't do enough auto, even though they're auto wounds, I can't do enough wounds as you just take away my eight wounds. So... Um, well, I think that's a so problem we'll many factions are having against those two. It's just they heal more than the, what you can do in damage. Yeah, I suppose. But at least they have that vicious, and then especially Drogon with that panic token to help that vicious uh, boost those all the the total wounds. But uh, but we'll see. So we'll end it there. Um, I want to. We're a little past uh, the time that we wanted to stop, so I'm gonna make ending very quick. Um, so I want to thank you all for listening in. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're going to try to get a bonus show on Monday. Um, I'll keep you guys informed on Discord. So if you haven't already joined, uh, I did send out links like two days ago. So just scroll down a bit on some of the Facebook pages and you'll be able to find them there. Um, or even on our Facebook page where you can go get hit a like. Uh, we still do that if we for every 100 likes. We will give out a unit box, and once we hit a thousand, we're going to give out a starter box. I literally have four, five, six starter box sitting behind me: um, two Stark, one Lannister, um, one Free Folk, one Baratheon, and one Greyjoy. Uh, the Greyjoy one's a little goofy because I took out the Reapers because I'm greedy, and then uh, I bought an Iron Maker unit and I threw it in there. So I think whoever gets that box shouldn't be too uh, disappointed since the Iron Makers go amazing with that starter. Um, anyways, I want to start giving those out because uh, they're kind of sitting here just collecting dust, and I really want to start giving out some more stuff now that we're caught up with all the stuff that uh, I gave out before, minus the paints uh, that we uh, – got. I'm just waiting for those to come in from Kickstarter. I want to do some shout-outs. Right now, LVO is going on, so I want to, you know, throw out some luck and uh, some 
whatnot to everyone playing, but especially uh, to Craig, one of our co-hosts who is currently playing. He is 2-0, and they are, I believe, um, that was from yesterday, and they're doing three games today, uh, and he, I believe, is right in the middle or towards the end of his third game, so we'll get some updates there. Um, and, um, uh, you know, the best of luck to him. You know, I'm rooting for him, you know, a little biased because he's a co-host. Um, also, uh, you know, as usual, definitely go check out a song of ice and fire stats.com. Make a, um, make an account, uh, and, you know, throw your games up on there. It's always good to kind of get, uh, as much game info on there as you can to help, uh, figure out what's doing good, what isn't, um, you know, sign up for TTS. It's Tabletop Simulator on uh, Steam, um, and then get some games that way. If, uh, if maybe your local is a little dwindled, or maybe you just don't have time to get out, or maybe you just want to get more games in. Uh, there's tons of people always looking for games on Tabletop Simulator. And then uh, also a shout-out to Sunday Slaughter, who makes, in my opinion, no offense to anyone else out there, because uh, there's definitely some other amazing battle reports, but Sunday Slaughter makes some uh, absolutely, you know, amazing battle reports that you got to go see. And on top of that, they occasionally do a podcast, and when they do, those are awesome as well. A lot of the guys on there, you know, have a lot of great uh, takes and a lot of great opinions on things. So definitely go check that out. Um, I believe, uh, uh, you know, and we don't have like a Patreon or anything, but if you are looking to support someone in that way, definitely go, you know, look at these other content creators and see if uh, you like what content they're producing and see if maybe they uh, they have like a Patreon or a, subscri- a subscribe star or some other uh, uh, way to back them. Um, again, with that said, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, next show hopefully is going to be Monday around 5 uh, Central Time. Um, and then uh, our Wednesday show that I usually do with Brett, we're going to have to reschedule. I uh, just got a promotion at work, and I have to go shadow um, my manager for the whole day pretty much. So we might try to make it Tuesday, but I'm going to talk with Brett about it, and we're going to figure out a day for that. Uh, and, again, if you haven't joined our Discord, go join that there, and that's where I like to give a lot of updates of what the shows will be um, or if we have to reschedule a show or change the time in any way. Um, and then also, uh, if you want to call in, always feel free to call in. Uh, we, we um, you know, I like having callers in to give their opinion because, you know, it. a lot of times when it's just the same uh, co-hosts and myself, every episode or every other episode, um, you know, it tends to, you know, seem like an echo chamber sometimes. Um, and I like hearing outside opinions, uh, to kind of, you know, especially if they're, uh, you know, opposite of ours, you know, it kind of gives, you know, and they might mention something that we didn't see before or realized before, and it's always a good, uh, good time. So definitely consider calling in even, and when you call in, you'll, if you want to just kind of mention your opinion and we'll talk back and forth for a few minutes. And if you want to jump off after like five minutes, that is perfectly fine too. You don't have to feel obligated to be on like the whole show or anything. So, all right, I'll end it there again. Thank you. This is a small council radio and it is dismissed.